Hey, you guys, welcome to the Cats Walk. I am excited for you to meet my next guest, Alicia Quarles. You know her from Good Morning America and Daily Mail. She is a fearless journalist, and you have to tune in to listen to the question that she asked Angelina Jolie that just stunned her, and a question she asked on the red carpet to Madonna that left her screaming. She is awesome. She has all the questions that you've ever had from all of your favorite stars. So tune in. Alicia Quarles is here. Thank you so much. Joe, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you on the show. I've, I feel like I've known you so long now. It's like, God, I knew you back in the AP days. Like, like at, that's how far back we go. That's, I mean, that's, gosh, maybe 15 years. So Has I'm it been 15? We gotta be at least, we don't look a day over 21, but yeah. It's no, fabulous. you don't. No, you know, when was I at AP? Maybe not quite 15, maybe about 10 years though. So it's been, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. And you were there for how long? Like, Total. I was there for 10 years. 10 years? So, yes. Yeah, so I left. I was there at AP since I was 22. I think I left there when I was 32 or or, or so. But yeah, it was a good wow. run. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I met you back at AP. So just so everybody knows, Alicia, a lot of, of people know you from uh, Daily Mail, but you were on E! Entertainment. And then uh, now you're on Good Morning America, too, right? Yes, yes. So God is good. The universe is good. So, yeah, I was after the Associated Press. I went to E! for four years. I started my own company. Um, and then I went to Daily Mail. So I've been at Daily Mail for you know since the very beginning. And I joined Good Morning America in October. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I want to get into all that stuff too, because I want to know more about it because we haven't caught up for, I don't know, long, long, long Long time. time. I know, but um, I love your necklace that you're wearing. So if you're listening, you've got to tune into the video because you've got to see what Alicia's wearing. She's a stylista, fashionista, beautiful Wait till you see her skin, it's Aww, glowing, and it's like, you, she looks like she's 24, 23. I love you for that. Thank you. I will take it. <laughs> I will take it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, tune into the YouTube uh, section so you can watch the video. But um, I just wanted to go back, Alicia, and just understand, like, I know your dad was in journalism, but it's like, how did you, when you were younger, like growing up, did you always say, like, this is what I want to do. I want to get into journalism. I always did. So, you know, back when newspapers were really viable, you know, before the internet, my dad was the first black newspaper publisher of the nation and worked for Gannett for 20 years and then McClatchy, but he was a fixer. So we would basically move every three years to papers that weren't doing the best and he'd t- turn them around and we move on. So growing up in that environment where you're always moving, Barbara Walters was my best friend in my head. I was the only little kid running home to watch 2020. So I knew I wanted to be a journalist like from the very beginning, but I wanted to do it on television. Wow. You grew up where? All over, it sounds like. All over, yes. I was born in Fontana, Southern California. And then from there, I moved to Reno, Nevada, Fort Collins, Colorado, Rock Hill, South Carolina, Stockton, California, Modesto. I lived in Japan for a year. And then I went to USC and then came to New York. So it's a little bit, it's almost like being a little army brat, but not quite. Yeah. So was it... um, like going to school, was it hard because like making friends and then you got to go or? You know what? I don't think I'd be the journalist that I am today had I not moved that often because it teaches you not to be a fly on the wall. Um, you, just, at first, you just got used to it, first of all, because you don't know anything else. Um, right. But also I knew that I couldn't be somebody, you know, I remember this. I was coming from California and went to live in Rock Hill, South Carolina. 
everybody was like, you talk like a white girl. I'm like, what does that mean? So you just can't, you got to be strong. You got to be brave. Um, and it, but it helped my career because I can talk to anyone. Oh, wow. Oh, because, so like how many years, like every three years you guys would Yeah, move? about every three years on average. Like, so my sister had it worse than me. I have an older sister. They moved to her her senior year. Mine wasn't that bad, but about oh, every three wow. years. Oh, so you, there's just the two of you. There's just the two of us, yeah. Is she in broadcasting too? She is not. Amber's an interior decorator. She went, to, we're like night and day. We're totally different, but she's in Charlotte, living her best life, married with kids. So she's happy. Nice. So um, when you were moving around, I mean, what was it like? Like you're, you know, if people check out Alicia Quarles on Instagram, you see, I mean, you're great in fashion. You know how to put stuff together. I remember when I met you, you were, you know, you were the global entertainment director. And I, when I first saw you, I was like, oh my God, look at her fashion. She knows how she's, and you weren't even in front of the camera. I and, I, I um, love it. And, and so when you were um, growing up, were you like a fashionista? Were you kind of a quiet girl? What were you like growing up? You know, growing up, I was really a tomboy. My sister's always been the fashionista. So I was, I was kind of all worlds because I was prom queen and homecoming queen, but I was also voted most athletic. Um, so I always had good style, but it didn't really evolve until I moved to New York city when I was 22, 23. That's when I discovered, you know, sample sales. So I could get that 500 DVF dress for $50. Right. Um, oh, really those are great. Took, aren't those great? Yeah. And I took advantage yeah. of, of just being in this world. And also I love designers. They're my tribe. And so a lot of us came up together, the Christian Strianos, the Zach Posen's we're all kind of the same age. I um, mean, so they would dress me and look out for me. Um, and you know, Anna Winter was really pivotal in my career. So I really love the fashion community. Um, and my friend Kara Ross made this for me. So Ooh. it's just kind of my, it became my tribe. Right. What do you mean Anna Winter uh, uh, mentored you? Well, tell me so about I, this. This is a good one. So, okay. So when I was at the Associated Press, she, she would always give the Vogue covers, the breaking news to USA Today. And I was like, ah, oh, we AP should have them. So I remember writing her a handwritten letter. And then her father was also a newspaper publisher just appealing to her on that level. And from there, I opened up the doors. She only would give them to the AP. At the Met Gala, she'd only t stop and talk to me. Um, it just really, really helped my career. So I'll never forget that. Oh my gosh. But so, the first time I met yeah. her, I will, I will say this. My friend took me to this, uh, I think it was called 7th on 6th. Do you remember that? It was Charity where they would- Yeah, that sounds- yeah, They yeah. opened up the vaults during Fashion Week. So right. it was the first one. I couldn't afford anything like that. I think I was wearing like maybe Target and Banana Republic, this mixture. So I was like, hi, Miss Mentor, nice to meet you, because she greets everyone. And she goes, nice to meet you, too. Like, what am I wearing? But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'll never forget that, but she's always been good to me. And what did she say? Did she make a comment about your outfit? Yeah, it was just that, you know, the up and down look. Like, hmm, what does this girl have on? It wasn't a bad outfit, but it obviously wasn't. It wasn't so, like you know, couture. It was not yeah. couture. It was not couture, <laughs> but that's, that's Okay. <laughs> Did she, did she, um, guide you a little bit? Like, did she dress you for things? Oh, or? well, yeah, definitely. So as my career progressed, for example, she was the creative director for the Tonys. So maybe a couple of years ago, you know, had me host the red carpet and specifically picked out my outfit and dress oh me. Um, so yes, it's been, I, I've come a long way. We could say that, but she's, you know, good she's Lord. good to me. You're like, uh, you were, yeah, like you were like in the Devil Wears Prada. That girl was so young, probably as young as you were starting. <laughs> so young starting and not realizing, oh, you have all this access. The, the stories are funny now. And at the time, I guess maybe part of that moving around my thick skin, I just didn't think anything of it, you know? You mean when she looked you up and down, you were like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, who cares? 
you're not intimidated. No, I was going to say, and I went to, I don't care what I had on. So <laughs> I'm a glass that's, half full kind of person. Wow. That's good. That's yeah. good. I, I was thinking about this actually the last couple of weeks about like always worrying about what other people think can yes. be so debilitating. Like, why do we always worry? What do you think? What do you think? It's like, you know, does it matter? You know, it's exhausting. It definitely can be, especially in our industries where it can be so hyper competitive. And I think in this age of social media where people are always checking you out, but if you're not comfortable in your own skin, to your point, it doesn't matter. Right. And so then what happened? Then you got your first job was AP. My first job was at the Associated Press. Um, it was an associate producer in Los Angeles and it was a hybrid job. So it was half doing hard news and half doing lifestyle entertainment. But eventually I just transferred over into entertainment, but you know, I worked my way up from the very bottom there to you know, being a director of about 60 people, as you said. But I loved it there. It was the best training ground because there's not a job in the industry that I probably haven't done. Um, so it really like, helped me you know, cut my teeth. Wow. I mean, so because I remember when I met you, I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's the global entertainment director. And you were like in your 20s, weren't you? Yes, or- I was 28 when I got that job. And I remember... So, you know, at the AP, if you're a good journalist, they promote you by pushing you into management. Just because you're a good journalist doesn't mean you'll be right. a good manager. Right. I was talking to my dad, should I take this job? Should I not? And he said, look, Alicia, if you can't put yourself last for two years, put your team first and you don't take the job. So for two years, I put myself last. I worked my butt off for my team. It was about 60 people globally across formats. So print, digital, you know, TV, you name it. Um, and we kicked butt. I mean, we did stuff like, you know, break Whitney, the death of Whitney Houston, may she rest in peace a lot of stuff, but you get burned out too after two years of putting everybody first. It was great, but it was also time to move on. What do you mean? Like you broke that story about Whitney, you were the first. Well, Nikesta Moody broke it, who was on my team. So she broke the story of Whitney Houston's death. But for example, you know, the cameras that were in her funeral, that was all me and the AP. Like I was, I was in that funeral. We're directing it, floor directing. Oh my God. And it was like kind of my swan, swan song from AP. You know, you cover the death of Michael Jackson. So you break a lot of news. So I just stood up my yoga going to the Supreme Court. Um, it just, it was constant. It was great, but it, it, it's exhausting. What do you mean when you said to your dad, I'm going to put myself last and my team first? He told me, don't take the job if you can't do that. He goes, because if you can't put yourself last and your team first for at least two years, you don't go into management and he goes, you know, that's a real commitment. And when you're managing, it's not about you anymore. It's about your team. So in other words, you, you know, you take all every call you, 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 it's not about you anymore. Um, it's about you doing what's best for your team. So that's really, it was a great lesson for me. But in the end, your team is a reflection of you, right? Which is then about you, right? That's true. That's true. I think overall, I wanted them to know, you know, and a lot of people I've worked with for years, a lot were double my age. And I just said, look, there's a lot that I won't know. I'll learn it and I'll work my hardest and I'll fight for you and I'll be honest with you. So I think that's more the lesson I took out of it because right. you're right. Your team is a reflection of you. Yeah. So like if you, I mean, I read about you that, you know, being so young at the AP, you had people that were double your age, like you said. How was that? How, how did people kind of take you serious that like you're the global entertainment and you're 28? You know, I think it was twofold. I think a lot of these people I had worked with for so long, so they knew my work ethic and they knew my value. And I think the people that didn't take me seriously, I didn't really care. Like I remember oftentimes I was like the only minority in a boardroom. It would be a lot of older white men from different departments. And some of them would try to like come at me and I'm like, I can hold my own. I got this. So I, I, I just, all I said, the proof is in the pudding at the end of the day, your department's making money. Nobody's going to mess with you. 
And so you opened up a lot of doors, like that you helped the AP open up, get access to things, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously the Associated Press is always going to get access, but it's also about your relationships. Um, and I've been lucky to forge really strong relationships. So those celebrities or publicists wanted me, wanted my team to break the story. So that was, a, it was a great symbiotic relationship. Wow. That's great. What advice, like, you know, somebody that listens uh, now and they look at you and they watch you on Daily Mail, they saw you on E and that type of thing. What is, what, um, what advice would you give them if they're like, you know, I want to break into journalism and I want to maybe do TV or maybe I want to be a producer or something like that. What would be your advice? Well, I think that my number one advice is because of technology, if you want to do it, do it. Like Joe, what you're doing with, with this is awesome. There's so many platforms out there. If you want to do it, you don't have to necessarily be at a big outlet or wherever. There's just time and opportunity now. Um, you know, whatever your medium is, just go out there and do it. Because if you're, first of all, you're going to learn as you go along. And if you're good at it and eventually it'll explode, it'll pop. Right, right. Um, and so when you were at, so then you got to, the, you did the AP and then why did you decide to pivot? Because when I knew you, you were the the behind the scenes, you were doing, managing all those people. And then slowly, I remember I met Michael. Remember yes. Michael? He worked, yes, yeah. Yes. He was like, when I saw Alicia Quarles, I was like, she's so beautiful. She needs to be in front of the camera. I remember he told me that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I know. And so, um, he, so then I saw you start to pivot. And then how did that happen? Well, I always wanted to be on air. I remember I was telling you I wanted to be like Barbara Walters when I was little, but I was shy to be in front of the camera, believe it or not. So as I was a producer for a long time. So when we were out in the field, I would always bring an extra, that's when you like tapes or discs. I would bring my own and ask my cameraman, could you pop this in? And I would force myself to do stand-ups or be on air. And I wasn't very good at first. I just kept forcing myself to do it because I thought if I ever want to be on air, if I'd overcome this fear. And um, one day, Fox News had called somebody on my team to come on as an expert and she didn't want to do it. And I did it. And from there, everybody started calling. So it's kind of born out of that. What did you do on Fox News? I was on there just as a talking head. I was on there being an expert on something American Idol. And then I started doing Greg Gutfeld's show, Red Eye, a lot. And then from there, you know, if you're if you're decent or good on one show, bookers from other networks will call you. Right. That's really how my on-air career was born. Um, and then Fuse, Fuse News called me, the music channel. So I did. I started working for them in addition to AP. But AP was fine. They were like, look, I can get advice too for people. As long as you do whatever your first job is well, people will give you a chance at your second job. Employers are usually pretty good about that. Just do what you got to do first well. Um, and then from there, like, I kind of pivoted and started AP's on-air department because I wanted to be on-air. So, oh. yeah, so it just kind of, it kind of grew from that. So then you left the job as the global entertainment director and became an on-air for them, for AP? I did. I, um, so, no, I, I was doing both. So, basically, the on-air part, I made it profitable. I had a business partner at AP. I go, how can we make this make money for the company? Because that's the way to mm -hmm. sell something, right? Mm -hmm. So, we figured out a way to, to package it up. And it wasn't just me. There were other people on-air, too. Uh, but I just kind of spearheaded it. And then E came calling, and E came calling at the same time as Entertainment Tonight. And then CBS has started a morning show here locally in New York. So I got all three job offers at once. Um, and I really went with E3 oh at God. once. So it was wild. And I went with E because the man who's hiring me, Bruce Pullmutter, just a wonderful human. I'm a, my gut and my heart said to go there and also be a good place to cut my, my teeth. And I get to be at 30 Rock. So that's where I went. Wow. That's so interesting because it's like, it's, I mean, things just kind of evolved. So then you left that, then moved right over into the, um, into the on-air stuff. 
Yeah. I moved, yeah, I moved right over into the on-air stuff. Yeah, so the, I call it the glory days of Eve. That's when Ryan Seacrest was there and, and Juliana's still there, but it was like the, the OGs, yeah. Right. Wow. How did it go at first? Was it, was it difficult or was no, it? No, it actually wasn't. You know, it's such a small industry. So one of my producers I had worked with at AP for a long time. So he kind of ushered me in. He's my producer E. Um, but we were all like the same age. It wasn't difficult. It was fun and it was exciting. Um, yeah. And it was just something I think, you know, you learn as you go, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't difficult. I know I read about you about some different things, like your favorite celebrity was uh, interviewing George Clooney. You mentioned him before. But what? who are some other ones that you loved? Because you meet a lot of them on the red carpet. Oh, yeah, you meet a lot of them. I'm trying to think who were the, in, well, the most interesting ones. We'll put it like yeah. that. I'll put um, Madonna, Angelina Jolie, Natasha Bedingfield the first time. Every time else has been cool. So I've had some some moments with them where you're like, hmm. But I've also had some great moments with them. So you get to see both sides of celebrity. What do you mean when you say, hmm? Like it was like, what kind of, what kind of uh, conversation? Uh, is, okay, I remember. But look, directness is okay. I remember Angelina Jolie was doing this movie about a journalist who was killed. True story. I, forget, I think his name was Daniel. But she wanted, it was, it was telling his truth, right? But she wanted all of us journalists to sign NDA is saying we wouldn't ask certain questions, which ethically you don't, if your movie is about truth telling, you don't ask journalists to do that. I just asked her about it flat out in the interview. She turned ice cold, but hey, it's my, it's my right to do that. Oh, you asked her, why are you having journalists sign NDAs? Yeah, I said, isn't that hypocritical of you? <gasps> it was, you know, we were all talking about it. So that's, that's the one thing I can say too. I've never been afraid to ask the question ever, and no matter what job I've had, because usually it's the manner in which you've asked it. And if you say it directly to their face, it's not like gossiping. It's not, I mean, this is just, I always got interviews with her after, but she did turn ice cold in that moment. What'd she say to you? I don't remember the answer, but I remember how she made me feel. And it was cold. <laughs> you got frozen. <laughs> uh, no, She tried. Sometimes, aren't the publicists jumping in going, hey, hey. Yes. And that's like, I think 90% of the time, if you're dealing with a difficult star, it's usually not the star. It's the handler, the publicist right. that's out of control. That's on a power trip. Um, I dealt with one of those recently. She's probably the only person I've dealt with in years. It's just acting like that. And it's just like, mm, I don't know you. You don't know me. The star you're representing is cool. Calm down. And what about, so who were the uh, Madonna? You said kind of, uh. Madonna has always been cool. I mean, when I say cool, always, always cool. But I did ask her when she first adopted David Banda. I asked her a question about her son. It wasn't offensive, I didn't think. But I think she was tired of the questions all day. <laughs> so she snapped at me. But I've also party with Madonna on a banquet at her birthday. Like, so I've had really good moments with Madonna. Like she got angry at you? She got what, angry at me. Yeah. What'd she say? She, she didn't like the question. Just, she just tried to shut me down. She didn't like the question and I wasn't having it. So I was persistent. So we were going, oh, you were back going and back, forth, and forth. back and forth. Yeah. But you know what? But the thing is, I, I mean, I interviewed her many times after that. So I think sometimes when you hold your own, people don't have a choice, but to respect you. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. 
check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. It's so difficult, you know, when you're on the red carpet, because I've done different things like that, and everybody's trying to get their moment in and trying to get their soundbite and all of that, and it becomes so competitive and so aggressive, you know? It does become competitive and aggressive, and I think that's the benefit of being young. Now, when you're young, sometimes you just don't even know any better or care. Right. I think I was... (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, look, and I was all about truth and journalism. I'm like, I work for the AP. I'm going to ask what I want to ask. I knew my bosses that would back me up. I knew these were intelligent questions. These weren't gossipy. This was just get into the truth of the situation. So I was always fearless in that way. But I think that, you know, ignorance is bliss also. I might have just been too young. (laughs) Any other interesting? So it was Madonna. It was Angelina. Who else did you say? uh, Madonna, Angelina. Natasha Bedingfield was interesting. Do you remember her? The song Unwritten. She's a British singer. She came in for an interview oh. and just did not have it together. She, I don't know what the heck was going on. She didn't? She did not have it together. Oh. She could not answer a question. Um, she, I don't know. You know, she, she just got on vacation, whatever. But I've interviewed. She came back the next day, did a beautiful interview. I've interviewed her since. I really like her. But it was just one of those days. She, she, I think she just was not in, in interview mode. Yeah. Do you, so you said you then like partied with Madonna. Do you actually go and hang out with celebrity? I mean, do you do a you lot know, of. I used to have a rule that I was like, no, I will never ever hang out. So, you know what I mean? Celebrities. Yeah. But at a certain point in your life, if you're covering this all the time, if you're, this is your world, you're going to become friends with people inevitably. Um, and that's always the rub because then you have to cover them. So there's a fine line. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say Madonna, our friends. But have I definitely party with her at her birthday? Yes. And that was a cool moment. <laughs> because sometimes you think, well, because we're friends, you're going to give me a better look at the media. You're not going to say certain stuff. And I hope because I invited you to my birthday, you're going right. to be really nice, right? That's a thousand percent. It's a game. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. It's, you're, yeah. You're a thousand percent right. So it's like, am I going to say no to Madonna's birthday? No, I'm not. Or no, it was actually, it, was, no, it wasn't her birthday. It was the end of, of her tour. She was celebrating in the start of a new movie, but it felt like a birthday party because it was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's where you have to keep your ethics in check. Cause if you do accept that invite or that, that and you have to cover this person, you, your job as a journalist is to be unbiased. Yeah, no, it's interesting to see because I'm sure you get a lot of invites, right? People invite you for different things. Before pandemic, yes. Like all, yeah. <laughs> is that like five nights a week? Oh yeah, all the time. There was the always time. something. Especially in New York, you know how it is here. I mean, always oh, yeah. something. So you could easily be at three different things in a night, but you know, it's not like you're just going out for social fun. That's actually where you get your best sources. That's your social currency. Um, so it's important to show your face. So who were some of your best, like, wow, interviews that you did? You were like, holy moly. I just, you know, you know. I've had, okay. Um, like I said, I love the designers. So one of the interviews I was most nervous for, and it's still one of my favorite memories, was the first time I interviewed Carl Lagerfeld. Mm. I always loved his designs. Yeah. But, you know, he's notorious. He was RIP, notoriously, uh, a cutthroat with journalists. And so I was wearing one of those $50 DVF dresses in cobalt blue. <laughs> I knew that was his favorite color. And I got there and his assistant came out. She's like, you good to go? I was like, yeah. She goes, you're nervous? I was like, I'm so nervous. She goes, well, you're wearing his favorite color. I, go, I bought it just for him. We hit it off. Loved him, had him laughing. It was so rare. So he's one of my favorite. I actually uh. got tongue-tied with Giorgio Armani, who doesn't even really speak English. I don't know how that happened. It's probably the only time that I've lost my words. Why'd you lose your word? You just, he made you nervous? 
He made me nervous. Some people have that X factor that you don't realize until you're in their sphere. Yeah. He had the X factor. Yeah. Like it just, and that can be nicer, but he's a translator, but yeah, he made me nervous. So that was memorable. Um, Oh gosh, there's been, there's been, you know, uh, there's a little club here um, in New York and Prince played there maybe a month before he passed away. It was just very small group. Harry Belafonte was there, very small group of us. That's memorable. So to get to have that moment, right? So stuff like that. Johnny wow. Depp interviewing him in the Bahamas for an hour. Um, an hour? And yeah, he still remembers my name to this day. What'd you so, guys you talk know, about? Well, what didn't we talk about? So this was before all the Amber Heard stuff and all of that. Oh, this was right. for Pirates of the Caribbean. And it was, it was a print interview. So you get a longer time with them. Right. And we talked about his life. I think we talked about well, no, no. It was like more of a retrospective. He's wonderful. Do people ever say, God, I really enjoyed talking to you, Alicia. Like, could I ask you out? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've dated some celebs in my day. <laughs> yeah, because um, I would think you get kind of intimate a little bit and it's like, oh, I find you attractive. You Maybe yes. you like me. Maybe we could go out. You know, like, ha- yes. have they ever asked you out? Yeah, they have. They have asked me out. I've only really dated two celebs. I dated Questlove and then I dated Colin Kaepernick. But the rest of them, uh, you Say know. Say the you names just, again. Who would you date? I <laughs> didn't catch Questlove, it. Questlove and Colin Kaepernick. Oh, so, okay. Um, so totally different kind of people, but good souls. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you don't go out with them because I don't know about you. I don't really love actors like that. Um, and musicians, uh, so yeah, for the most part. Oh, musicians no. you like a little bit better? I like I like the musicians a little bit better. They're not so in their heads. Yeah, the actors are very, yeah, always yes. looking within and yes. all of that stuff. Yes. Yeah. What have you learned like from your interviews, like with Johnny Depp or maybe it was Madonna or any of these, what are some interesting things you took away and learned from these people? Was there anything that was like, oh, you know, I learned some stuff about my life or about just in general? I think one of them, I'm trying to think, oh, I remember the first time I interviewed Oprah. I was in the hall. I guess I must've been, my leg was shaking, not was shaking. Like, Like, you know, that nervous tap. Yeah. I had on my first pair of Louboutins I ever bought in my life. And my sister was like, just get them, get them. As I talked about them for years, so I got them. And like, I'm going in the room and I guess my leg's still shaking because she puts her hand on my leg. And she goes, we're the same. We have the same shoes on. I said, oh. And it just made me calm down. Like, they're just like us. I remember I used to do Katie Kirk's show. And um, I would always have, I always have notes, right? So I was talking about hard politics, which at the time I didn't do a lot of. And she slapped the paper out of my hand right before I went on set. And I was like stunned. I'm like, what are you doing? She says, Alicia, you know it or you don't. And that was a good lesson. Um, well, did I learn my lesson? I don't know. I'm still doing it. But I do it too. I do it too. I be okay. Because you can have it as like a little bit of something, but I suppose why? Because you were you were she was interviewing you on her show, Katie. Um, when she had the show on ABC, yeah. I was one of yeah. her, yeah, I was I was one of her panelists. So it was I think I had the names of Supreme Court. It was something that was a little yeah. bit out of my usual wheelhouse. But I did know the information, but it just helps to write it down sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that was it. She, basically, she was saying, don't doubt yourself. Right. And it helped. It, it did. It did. It, we'd have to, cause you, we walk out there with confidence then. Right. It really, I tell you, even if you don't know a lot, but you got the confidence, it helps. It, How it many people have been in this industry that go far because they've got confidence? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes a difference. Wow. What else did you learn from Oprah? Anything? Not to be uh, nervous. Oh, I know, I know that Oprah, she, you know, uh, she did her, she does her favorite things party, right? Sure. So um, this is like a couple years ago and 
a friend, she doesn't always go every year. So a friend of mine worked at her. She's like, this one you want to go to. So Oprah comes in, these men come in with both sides like yours. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're just, they're all, they're so handsome. And they have trays of tequila shots. (laughs) Passing out the tequila shots. Oprah comes in and we're like, and she's like, oh, this is my favorite tequila. And we're going to have fun. And she goes, and I might've, it's going to be really wild for me because I might've just taken a painkiller from my back or something like that. So we were just doing shots with Oprah. So I think what I learned is you can be the most famous, one of the most influential people, but you can still have a good time while you're working. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, I mean, life is short, so you got to enjoy it. It's true. Yeah. Um, When you, you know, you've been doing, you do a lot, you cover pop culture, but then you do, do you still cover some hard news or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now it's actually reverted back to the beginning of my career. So meaning as far as what I cover, so it's probably 50% hard news. 50% 50% lifestyle, entertainment, that kind of stuff. And so for the hard news, is that, uh, do you mostly do that on GMA or? GMA is mostly um, lifestyle stuff. For example, we reunited a man that almost died of COVID with his doctor that saved his life. It's that kind of family oriented, feel good stuff. Um, you know, what's put in your body. And then for Daily Mail, it's it's uh, politics, it's entertainment, it's, it's the wild and crazy stories. Right. So you cover both of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I kind of get the best. And that's what I wanted to do because as an entertainment reporter, you're, especially as a woman, unfortunately, your shelf life isn't that long. So I didn't want to transition into exactly what I'm doing. Right. Right. Is it, um, do you, and so you're doing both of those simultaneously, right? You have yes. both of them going. Yeah. Yes. And you have your own media company. I do. I still do that. Yeah. So basically any, media organizations or any outlets that might be struggling or looking to pivot into a different way. You know, it could be taxi TV trying to reach this demo. Our team will go in and do a 360 and tell you exactly how to, you know, reach what you need to get. Wow. So people come to you, it's more corporations coming it's to more, you. Yeah, it's exactly. It's more corporations. Wow. And you still do that too? I still do it too, because I wanted some control over my career, meaning as, um, you know, when you're on air or whatever, you still have somebody's commodity. So I wanted something that I could actually own that nobody could take away from me. Right. What have you learned from being like a host and doing, you know, pop culture, but then also doing some hard news? I mean, what have you learned differently than probably being a global entertainment director, right? I mean, it's a very different. They're totally, totally different roles. Remember when I left being a global entertainment editor, my dad was like against it. He couldn't understand why I want to go on air because I can't guide you anymore, but it was my dream. It's what I want to do. Um, you learn the trappings of fame. Because in my E days, it was just so crazy. And you learn kind of like mm, protect your energy, make sure you don't let too many people around you, you know, keep it tight. Um, you also learn that people, most people are good. You're going into people's homes. You're their escapism. So value that. I mean, that's an honor that people are taking time to listen to your reporting and that they want to be your friend and get to know you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. What do you mean when you say keep it tight because people want to drain your energy? Like, oh, you're, yes. you know, so-and-so and you can help me and you can help with my, you know, that type of thing? A thousand percent. Like, you know, it could be, there's always hangers on. Yeah, there's people that always want something and you're going to, if you're a hard worker, you're going to want to give that or try it, but you also have to have something left for you. So you can't tap from an empty well. Right. So where do you think you want to go? Like, you know, you've got GMA now, you're on the third hour of that, you're doing Daily Mail. Is it, you know, um, is it to like your own show, the Alicia Quarles show? It's, yeah, eventually that's exactly what I want to do. I don't know if it'd be named after me or from hosting one of those shows, but a thousand percent. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's my happy place when I'm reporting. 
and the fact that I get to report on so many topics, I'd love to, you know, transfer that and yeah, have my own platform. You mean like on a, on a network, like an NBC, ABC? It could be, yeah, NBC, ABC, it could be, you know, co-hosting David Mel Thomas, Roberts, just, um, I guess more of what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Right. But like a lifestyle show? I think it'd have to be a lifestyle show because I do love covering the politics, but I'm really, for me, it's about human interest. You know, I like to tell the stories yeah. of people that really don't have a voice or a platform. So that's really my, my love. Well, we're putting it out in the energy that it might be like the it. Alicia Quarles show. The Alicia we Quarles show. together. Is that what yes, you want Yes, we'll do? do it. I will do okay. it. I, I'll do it. <laughs> yes, I'll come on as your talking head. Whatever you want. We'll figure <laughs> something out. We'll yeah. work it out, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying when, you know, because when you were at AP, your career was moving up. Like, and weren't you like on the trajectory of like doing big stuff there, right? Yeah. I mean, I was on the fast track for sure. So that's why it was such a hard decision to leave. It's like, okay, I could stay here. And I, I, I was on the fast track. I know what I'm doing. I've got people that are my advocates and mentors have my back or I can take this gamble, go be on air. But the thing is life is short. You've got to try it. So when I left there, I was, I was 30. Um, and I thought, well, if it doesn't work out at E, I signed a three-year contract. I'm sure I can come back to my print roots or my, but also the industry was changing so much right. that I'm like, if I have to lay one more person off because of budgets, I just don't want to do that anymore. So I had to just try something else. How did you, you know, I just was thinking back to what you were saying about how you made them money and like, what was it that you made them money with that made them so happy? Our, well, our department made money. So basically my predecessor, a guy named Dan Becker, it really, he, it was his vision to make entertainment its own corporation within the AP. So sports was its own corporation, um, entertainment was. So that's where I learned about P&Ls. Uh, the accountant became my best friend because I knew that that was not my strong suit. But that's also another important lesson. Where you might not be strong, make sure you have a strong team. Right. Um, and so he taught me everything, Peter. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> our, our department was profitable, I should say. And then also we got to come up with product ideas and those did make money, like like having the honor host that then stations could come and pay AP for. Um, so right. it's just different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you became, you you could give them a clip of Madonna or whatever, and then people are paying for that in all different markets, basically. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yep. And they didn't have entertainment as like a, a an area strong? It was always an area, but it, the, the money was kind of put in the pool with the rest of all the departments. So entertainment and lifestyle is one department. They've started basically being their own business and having their own profit and loss and their own business within a business. It's interesting just to know like the, you know, the ins and outs behind the scenes of all yeah, that yes, stuff. You yeah. know? So if people check out your Instagram, you always look great. You're always trying new fashion. You're trying all this stuff. How do you keep, I mean, do you work out a lot? Do you, what is your routine? Honestly. Okay. Let's be honest. I used to work out every day, almost tw- twice a day sometimes, like religiously, like a psycho. It was just like my time to be alone. I think I've worked out maybe 10 times in this pandemic. It is not good. I'm not proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I've definitely done a 180, but also like, it's not my happy place anymore. You should do it for your health. Um, but what I did for years though, after I stopped working out as hard as I did, we were going constantly like running to this event, running to that event, running, running, running. So right. you're not going to keep a lot of weight on you because you're running around. So right. yeah. Yeah. I need to get it back together. So, but you keep in the same shape. You don't look, you look no different. Thank you. I feel I feel like I actually am pretty much in the same shape. I know the older you get, you should be working out for your yeah. heart and yourself. Yeah. And what are your what do you use for your if people want to know like how do I get gorgeous 
skin like Alicia Quarles? And how do I stay up? What are you, what's your secrets? Oh, I do drink a lot of water. I will say that. Um, but I also drink wine, so don't get it twisted. So (laughs) a lot of water. Um, and then, um, I use Troy skincare, which as a really good friend of mine, dating him, awesome skincare lines, Troy skincare. It's actually for men. So I'll send you some. It's called Um, T-R-O-Y. Yep. Yep. T-R-O-Y. So I use all of their products. dating him? Yes, we're dating. So he's cool. But the products are amazing. So I've been using that in the <laughs> pandemic. Oh, and but it's for, wait, 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 Alicia. It's for men, but you're using it? It's for men. I've been using oh. it for the past year and I love it. So there's a face wash, a scrub, there's a serum, there's a lotion, and then there's lip balm. So I'll send you the set because it's really, wow. yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. But I have never done Botox or anything like that. So you I haven't? Just, I have not, I'm not against it. I haven't, but I just always, you know, make sure you take your makeup off, moisturize, 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 and drink your water. What do you use for moisturizer? The Troy Skin? I use the Troy Skin. So if I wasn't using Troy Skin, believe it or not, my go-tos are Cetaphil. Um, you can just get it at the drugstore. I've used it since I was 13 years old. Yeah. It's not expensive. And so I use their moisturizer and their um, face wash. And I've used it for forever. That's it. No, like crazy $500 cream. Nope. And like, you know, the difference is what my friends in beauty taught me. La Mer could have one ingredient off from something else in the drugstore. That's the only difference. Oh, I know. So you just I find know. out what those are. Yeah. So it's all, it's, it's, it's all marketing. It's all marketing. It's all marketing. So yeah. yeah, I just use good old Cetaphil. If I don't have this, the choice in here and that's it. But you look good, Joe. Thank you. But I, you, you have, um, I think it's genetics too. You have good skin. It's genetics. Yeah, that is definitely, yeah, I get that from my parents. That's genetics. They have beautiful skin. Yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. So, you know what else I heard? What? Um, <laughs> here's a, it's not a shocker. I don't do anything okay. that's like, oh my God. But um, it is fun. I'm going to look up this guy from Troy Skin, just on a side note. Anyway. Okay, okay, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I heard about that you were going to do uh, The Real Housewives? Oh, you're right on that. Yes. So I was in the running, like the top like few, to be the first black girl housewife of New York. I didn't get it. My friend Ebony got it. She's amazing. I know she's going to make a great housewife. But everything works out for a reason because had I gotten yeah. that job, I wouldn't have been able to do Good Morning America. And then the person that oh. got housewives, Ebony, is great. So I think everything just worked out the way it should. Well, you couldn't have done both? I couldn't have done both. Just filming wise, it just would not have worked. Um, so I would have had to, that would have been one heck of a choice. So I, but I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was interesting. So I did the whole process. Um, it was a lot of fun and nerve wracking. But I'm like Alicia Quarles, I think of as this hard news, you know, entertainment girl on the red carpet, da, 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 da. And then I'm like real housewives, like reality. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm on my radar. They called me. It was not on oh, my radar. they called you. They called me. They called me. And so it wasn't on my radar at all. They said, you know, a lot of these housewives are suggesting you. And it's one of those things, if you get the call, I was like, okay, I'll go through the process. Not yeah, thinking why not? that it would right. get that far down the line. It got really far down the line. And then I was freaking out like, oh, wait, this could happen. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. So wow. I, I, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So you're open. You're open to doing reality? I am. You know what? If you would have asked me this six years ago, I would have said never, 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 never. But I think it's changed so much and we know so much more about it. So I think you can use your platform. You could flip it, you know, like look at Bethany Frankel. She's a billionaire. Yeah. 
So if you know how to use the platform, I think right. six years ago it would have been a train wreck. See, and I always thought people always said that like, oh my God, reality, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But it, it, it got such like a bad rap a little bit in that way. But yet if you do use it correctly, you know. Yeah. Would, would you do it? Would I do it? Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. I have nothing again. I mean, I would want to make sure like it would be something where I could, it would help hopefully other people as opposed to like, I don't want to flip a table Probably exactly, I can't even exactly. flip a table anyway, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'd have to work out a little more. But um, but uh, no, I mean, because I can't see you like getting in somebody's face. I can see no. maybe you being direct. Yeah, I went and that was part of the process. They kept saying, well, you are you too nice for this? And I was like, oh, well, you don't make it in New York if you're that nice. I can I can be direct. But yeah, I'm never going to get into my face and yell and scream. No. But if people are going behind your back and they're saying, Alicia said this and Alicia did this. And well, are you actually, gonna... that can be fiery. Maybe I will. You can bring it? I can bring it. Actually, I am not realize what I, yeah. So if we're being real, yes, I can bring it. <laughs> did they ask you to like show us how you bring it or not necessarily? No, they asked me, they're like, okay, what would be your tagline? Um, you know, why do you think that you'd be the perfect fit? Uh, you know, they get in there and it's like several yeah. interviews. So they definitely get into your life. And, you know, because of COVID, you, they guess they would usually come tour your home, but I had to do like my own home tour. Um, right. COVID was very high at the time. So it's an interesting process. What was your tagline? Um, mine was, I had a couple of them. One was, heard you're a player. Nice to meet you. I'm the coach. Oh, heard you're a player. Nice to meet you. I'm the coach. Okay. Next. Okay. I like was, it. Oh, thank you. My, okay. Another one. I'm not rude. I'm real. Okay. I still like the coach. Okay, Do you have any others? I came up with. No, that's all. What would yours be? That's cool. That's cool. Those are good. Joe, what would your tagline be? Oh, God. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, you had time to think about it. Like, <laughs> you had time to think about it. I'd have to think about it. Like, I just want to have fun. Yeah. Really. I mean, I just like to have fun. I feel like I'm just an adult kid that really just never did as much kid things when I was a kid. So now that I'm an adult, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to be a kid. I love so it. I'm with I'm you. I'm just curious. I'm curious. I'm, I like to know about stuff just innately. And I think I'm just an adult kid. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Older body. But, Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we've taken so much of your time. I always say this to everybody. Um, but I want to ask you one last question. And the okay. question is, I feel like I'm on a game show. Uh, no, the question is, it's not a trick question. If you could tell us one thing you haven't told anybody, you haven't told anybody, okay. might be kind of personal, might, you know, I don't know. Something that you haven't told anybody, but you know if you said it, it would help somebody else. Ooh. Those days that you're really depressed and you're feeling so alone and so down yourself, put one foot in front of the other, it gets better. Mm. Did you go through that? Does oh, yeah. Certain days? Yeah. Yeah, it was like right after I left the, my best friend had just died and I was going through a divorce. So oh. I was just like really in a valley, just really, really, really depressed. I never felt that in my life, but it was just, I was grief stricken on both sides. Um, but you know, he put one foot in front of the other and it gets better. And it gets better. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you seem like that driven type. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. But you know, grief is something else. It could take anybody down. So, um, 
I am driven, but it's also it teaches you resilience. Um, and to your point, being an adult kid, you're happy for what you have in this moment. Yeah. Totally, totally. Well, Alicia, you've been so gracious. You have said everything. You've told us, you've told us red carpet secrets, your style <laughs> secrets. Oh, okay, one last question. I keep saying one last question, but I, I will ask. I should have ended on that. But, you know, being that this is a fashion, we talk about fashion and style, and people have to check out this very cool necklace, and you go through so many brands. What are some of your favorite brands that you just love? Right oh, now. I love Rebecca Minkoff's. Um, I love her as a person, but I also love her line. She's always been at the forefront of technology. I love what she's doing. Um, let's see here. I love, oh my god. Are gosh. you talking about her bags or her clothes? Her, her actual clothes. I love her, oh, yeah, her, her clothes. clothes. Yeah, yeah, her clothes are yeah. amazing. People don't realize yeah. that. So she's got great clothes. Yeah. My friend Kara Ross, I do love her. Um, she doesn't I do like jewelry that. anymore, but I have some beautiful pieces from her. She's now in philanthropy full time. So that's one of my favorites. Um, Vera Wang has launched a new collection and it's, she dressed Audra Day at the um, Yeah, Oscars, I saw that. Yeah, Beautiful. it's like, it's stunning. Sexy. It's cool. It's sexy. So those are some of my, my tops right now. Yeah, yeah. Because I see you you model a lot of different things. People send you stuff to try and stuff like that. Yeah, so I work with the awesome stylist, Pandora Amaratus, but she um, pulls oh, Pandora. great Pandora, she used to Pandora. be... I know Pandora. Wasn't she at OK Magazine? Yeah, she was. You know, she's at Daily Mail now. She's the um, fashion director. I knew Pandora back when she was writing. Yeah, she styles me now. So I, She's your stylist? Yes. And she writes for Daily Mail? Or? Yes, yes. So she's the fashion director. Wow. So, so she does, so we, she's playing this partnership with Wolf and Badger, who does a lot of like a ind, independent brands. So we get to wear a lot of really cool stuff and have fun. And you know how talented she is. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. so talented. I yeah. remember she was doing, we worked together on like Steal That Style, Steal That Celebrity Style. She would write those columns yes, for yes, OK so Magazine. Yeah, yeah. so she's um, yeah, doing her thing at Daily Mail. And she styles just you or other she people? She styles just me. Um, I think she does some other people like here and there, but I'm her main personal yeah. client. But then she's got, her job is so busy, so I know, you know. Oh, you mean with Daily Mail? Yeah, with Daily Mail. She has a big job there. And I know she's still doing her fashion thing you know, with herself. So she's, yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I always like to give good tips to people because they always want to know like skincare tips or style tips or things like that. And what, what do you, when you go on the red carpet, do you wear Spanx or what do you, you don't really need um, it. When but I go on the red carpet, I'll wear a double Spanx. Double Spanx. Double Spanx. I learned that from Beyonce. She's like, when you really want those curves, you know, as a woman, sometimes you can blow, you can wherever. Yeah. I double Spanx it. I do the high-waisted ones and I just feel so much better. But can you breathe and move? I see. I'm a Spanx girl. A lot of people don't, they say they feel stifled in them. I can breathe. I can move. I can sleep in them. Like, yeah. Really? It just makes it all look a little bit smoother, a little it, bit better. Smooth, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit better. That's a secret to double spanks it. That's a secret in the industry. If you really want to just, you double spanks it. Beyonce taught you that? Beyonce taught me that. Uh, yes, so that's a good. If Beyonce does it, then I could do if it. If Beyonce yeah. does it, then I'm We're doing, doing it. it. We're doing it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I could use some of her hair and some right. of her spanks, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a good tip. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very a good, good tip. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you go to an event, you know, so you double spanks it, you'll deal with it for a couple hours, and you can always take it off. You a know, thousand percent. When you take it off, you feel like you can really relax. So it's all right. good. But that night you look fabulous. You look fabulous and you're confident in your pictures. And when you know, as we said, confidence is everything. So when you're walking in That's and you're right. feeling good, it radiates goodness. Yeah.
Yeah. Wow. Well, that's fabulous. Well, you have said it all. You gave us your tip from Beyonce. We have to end <laughs> on that. Um, Alicia Quarles, thank you so much. People should tune in to see you on Daily Mail. Check you out on GMA, the third hour. And they can also um, check you out on your website if they want to hire you for a corporate gig, basically. Well, thank you for the plug, Brandon. I enjoyed this time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cat's Walk. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to executive producer Gerardo Orlando, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Dave Douglas. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.